Hey everybody, thanks for staying with us into our guest segment here on the Common Sense Show. Really appreciate you joining us and as you know, this broadcast will go out to all our different domains, uh, both our radio networks. Actually, we got three networks now, two radio stations. So, so this has been a tremendous period of growth. And so welcome to all you people who are new listening to the Common Sense Show. Really appreciate you guys. And if you're new, we typically do economic updates. And uh, we bring in a couple different people to do it. One of the people that we have on is Colin Plume from Noble Gold. And he really has his finger on the pulse of the economy. And we have Colin on about every three or four weeks. And uh, people really enjoy this segment. So if you're if you're new to this, you know, strap yourself in because it's going to get wild because we're living in wild times. But I just wanted to let everybody know, too, that uh, Colin, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this by matter of just honest declaration. I've been advertising for Noble Gold for a number of years. But I have to tell you, I'm a customer, too. And we're going to talk later in the program about why I am. And you might want to pay attention to that, too. Colin, welcome to the show. So glad you could join us. Our segments are always so informative, and our audience really looks forward to this. Dave, thank you. I uh, love being on the show. I was, uh, I'm waiting, I've been sitting around waiting for my letter from Elon Musk um, <laughs> thanking me because part of the reason that he is the fifth richest man in the world is because silver has been so affordable for all these years that he's been growing his his companies and it's it you know I'm you know half half joking but I, I think a lot of people they haven't really dissected part of the reason that that he's had all this wealth but a big part of it is if you look at all the industries he's in all of them use silver um, you know from Tesla to yeah. the solar panels I mean every aspect of what he does and I can tell you this the fact that that silver has been affordable and is still uh, historically very affordable considering all the uses um, I, I'm, I was expecting that the letter you know saying you know it's a good place to be in silver and and I think it'll be interesting to see um, you know when silver breaks 50 and continues to go up if um, if their growth story is is the same because the cost to, to make those vehicles will definitely go up dramatically during that time period yeah when we look at silver let me let me ask you this question because i i kind of see it both ways do you see silver as a good short-term investment a long-term investment how are you viewing this i mean i i've been buying silver you know consistently for the past 15 years and you know last two or three years i would talk to mining companies and and they would buy physical from us and we would talk about the price and they always said that there's no way silver should be any lower than 25 or 26 dollars an ounce just because of all the demand that they have i mean all the people calling them that are are interested in in getting silver for industrial uses so i knew that once you saw this loose money policy start to hit and the government started to just kind of start throwing money, more money at our problems than, than what we've ever seen. I mean, our our national debt in you know five six months nearly doubled. Uh, I, I think that this is you know this this in terms of being the perfect metal for this. I think silver is is really the perfect metal. Uh, I think it'll have a little bit of a pullback. You know, it, I, I don't think to see this kind of growth happen. I mean, we were at $13 in March of this year and now we're at $23. So wow. to, to say that we won't have a tiny pullback at some point, I think is pretty realistic, but I do think that, that in terms of just the industrial use of it, it's still a very, very affordable metal, um, on the market. 
let's go down two different paths okay society stays intact and we don't have mad max scenarios or we de-evolve into some kind of severe civil unrest maybe even civil war which is a possibility let's talk about the advantages of holding precious metals like gold and then today we're talking about silver what are the advantages in a chaotic situation of holding a precious metal well, I, I think you know you, you look across the country and, and nobody wants dollars anymore. Nobody wants fiat money. I think everybody knows that if the government can just continue to, to create stimulus, the dollar is not – it's not worth anything. And so having gold and silver to trade and barter with I, I think makes makes perfect sense. It's the, it's the right asset to hold. And there's a lot of reasons that people like gold and silver and having it in their hands. Uh, it, it's a it's a fantastic bartering instrument. That's why we've used gold for 5,000 years. Um, you know, it's it's something that people can they know the value. I mean, that's the beauty behind it is that you know you weigh it, you authenticate it, boom, it's worth this specific amount on any given day and anywhere in the world. And I think that's comforting that that you can get that value and it's it's liquid i mean there's there is nobody in the world right now i can guarantee you that if you wanted to do some type of trade that they would not accept gold and silver i i guarantee you they would be happy to do it and i i think we're going to start to see you know people buying homes and real estate as real estate pulls back i think people are going to use their gold and silver to buy actual physical real estate in the next few years that's that's the next step and i think you know, maybe 20 years ago, the party selling their home wouldn't take it. But right now, uh, I guarantee that they would take those those gold and silver coins or bars in, in, in exchange for some real estate. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and uh, we saved some money, you know, and uh, we were doing extra things and we paid off our house a little bit early. And I'm thanking the good Lord right now that we were able to pay it off in cash. And, and not something that's really going to be valuable down the down the road. Has there been a society that we could point to that's gone into chaos and precious metals became a, a primary medium of exchange? Well, I don't think in in modern times there's there's been anything that has um, that's sort of gone in that direction because if you look at the since we've been off the gold standard, everything that you see in the news, everything you watch on TV is always pushing people into equities. So I, I think a lot of times gold and silver has been a uh, an investment that that really hasn't been the focus. I mean, even yeah, you saw it in two, after 9/11 from you know 2001 to to uh, 2011 when it started to move. You started to see it more in the news, but still at the end of the day, you had a lot of pundits out there saying, "Oh, it's a fad," or "Oh, it doesn't pay a dividend," or or they had all of these reasons why it wasn't a good investment and and you know looking historically you know if you look at that 11 year period they they were all wrong um they were all wrong it, it was a fantastic diversification uh portfolio asset it was very stable and and we had a lot of a lot of run and a lot of people made a lot of money and did very well in gold for that time period now we're starting to see that again. This this gold run, this bull run of metals has only started a year and a half ago. Uh, it's just beginning. And silver really just started moving um, from, from March of this year. I mean, it's really just, just kind of getting started. But I, we haven't seen gold and silver really come to 
to kind of save the day yet uh, for for a country or or civilization. We've actually seen, you know, countries like Great Britain do the opposite. I, I think we've talked about that. You know, the worst sale of gold and silver in history was when Great Britain sold all their gold from 2001 to 2003. Um, that was one of the biggest blunders in the world. So we haven't seen anyone go in this direction yet. Um, but I think based on everything that people are seeing, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, you have countries like China and Russia that have been buying gold and silver for years. I mean, and, and they've been buying more than anybody. So obviously, they're really happy with, with what they bought gold and silver at and where it is today. Um, but we haven't seen it become you know, the, the main kind of currency of the world that, that a lot of people think it could be. Yeah, that's that's interesting. What what a lot of people think it could be, because I think it could be a lot of things given what's going on. And the reason I say that is I know for a fact that the banks are hoarding gold like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the bigger the bank, the more they're hoarding. So it's yeah. kind of like you know I raised this on a podcast the other day. What do they know that we don't? Well, they know that. Well, first of all, that banks are allowed to lend money based on gold now because now gold two over two years ago they made gold a tier one asset for banks in the u.s so that that gave them uh, a reason to buy gold because they can you know take the amount of gold and then they can lend 10 times just like they do the same thing with the money that that we put in their in our savings account they borrow against it so they did they're doing the same thing with gold that's why bank of america came out and said gold is going to hit 3000 and, and it, you know four or five years ago they never would have came out with that they had no interest in gold but guess what they do now because they own gold and they're they're borrowing against it so it, it benefits them so even though people say like well the market's just going to dictate having a, a bank like bank of america one of the biggest banks if not the biggest bank in the u.s come out and say gold's going to hit 3000 it definitely has an effect um, and then you factor everything else that's happening out there, all the all the turbulence um, and the loose money. It it just it, everything is just kind of moving moving to the forefront in terms of what we're yeah. seeing. I, I want to back up just for a second because I want to make sure my audience understands this. It's such a key point. And and Colin, I have to tell you, I didn't know this, and I consider myself to be fairly well educated on this. But let me tell you what you just said that got my attention. I know for a fact that when you go to the bank and put a dollar in, your bank, and through phony baloney money games that the Federal Reserve introduced a long time ago, they can loan out nine times the value of your dollar. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish I could get a piece of that action. But you're yeah. saying you're saying now that precious metals uh, fall under the same kind of practice. Same category. Same category. Yeah, exactly. And that's that was new. Um, that was it. Only passed about two years ago, and. I think the banks, you know, obviously it was a it was a huge home run for them to have another asset that they could buy that they could, you know, lend money against and and think about that. Think about how the major banks have really scored over the last few years. Not only do they can they lend 10 times, but interest rates are low. That you know, and people and people having money in a savings account, I mean, we were at negative interest rates for a while. So they sort of have everything going for them and then you know just in terms of the banks and then the next thing that a lot of people are talking about is is are we going to like a cashless society and and i think the the scary thing the biggest thing for me that's scary about a cashless society is it's it's another thing that ties us to banks you know we're already tied to the federal reserve and you know the money printing but mm-hmm. a cashless society really ties us to banks and and we're seeing that today because People are having to go into banks to get their their stimulus money. 
I mean, every time you go to the bank now, there's a line out the door to get that stimulus money. If we go completely cashless, they're, there's, they're going to have even more control over our finances because everything will be going through private banks. Wow. I bet you were the kid in class that asked a good question and took the class off topic for about an hour. <laughs> because you just did that right here. You just opened up Pandora's box. Yeah. You really did. Yeah. So, so okay, let me tell you what I do know for a fact. And, and my sources on this are irrefutable. The Bank of International Settlements, and a little of this is leaked in the mainstream media, but not much. But they have um, pockets all over the world now, the industrialized world. And they are preparing for the rollout of digital currency. And they have it mm -hmm. all through Europe. They have it here. Putin has told him to go take a hike. But eventually, I think he's going to have to play ball, too. Uh, China has not yet embraced it, but they're going to. And that's where this is at. Now, here's here's an interesting question, I think. Um, you've got you've got the cash market, which is going into oblivion. And we see coin shortages and cash shortages at banks and stores. And then you've got this digitized currency that, that we're talking about here. And then you got precious metals. What's going to be the interaction relationship between precious metals? Oh, we're getting buzzed by the F-35s. Uh, Whoa. I hope we're not at war. Um, they, they, okay. All right. Us? Well, they will pass unless they drop a bomb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to finish my question here, um, you've got the digitized currency coming, which you're describing, and you've got uh, the precious metals market that's growing. What's going to be the interaction between these two seemingly separate economic systems? Well, the thing that it'll be interesting to see is if they do say that we're going cashless, will, will people accept it? Or will they have to present an option that is more understandable and have some kind of backing with, with gold and silver? And I think that would be something that actually people, if we had to go to, let's say we have to go to this digital currency society, is least if we move to a, something that's tied to something that would limit the amount of money printing that is out there, then I think that we could, people would be accepting of it, A. B, then I think people would be able to actually save some money it would make it because inflation wouldn't be so rapid and and then i think the other thing that would would it would create it, it i think it would create more of a stability in 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 our money because right now there's no stability in our money the, the 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 entire world and the way money is looked at is that you might as well just throw it in the trash because money is not worth anything and that and that's why because we know that everyone will just get bailed out. It doesn't matter what they do, they get bailed out with cheap money. So it, until we have a currency that has something backed, that has something that, that makes it impossible for the government to just spend at will, um, we're always going to be in this scenario. And I'll tell you this, and for anyone that thinks the otherwise, I, I would love to uh, debate it or argue it. Interest rates are always going to be where they are within a point or two where it is today. And savings accounts are always going to be where they are within a, maybe you know a point or a half a point from where they are today. I, I would actually even argue the savings accounts probably won't even go up more than a half a percent than where they are today. That the days are gone. Once they realize that people will accept making no money in a bank, the banks won. 
and, and, and fortunately that's the, the situation we're in. Now, flip side is people are waking up, right? People are waking up to the world. That's why they're moving into gold and silver and droves because they see it, right? They, maybe they didn't know it was happening or maybe they believe the currency was going to come back. But those days are gone. People have woken up. And, you know, which is funny because, you know, I always talk about the woke culture, but I think that they're they're finally waking up to, to money and they're realizing that it's the time to, to get away. you got to be in things that have a limited supply and, and things that are desirable. And that's why, you know, that's why gold and silver are so so attractive. And, and I think it's we're just at the beginning because you have to look at a few things. Number one, I just got to note that the U.S. Mint has run out of um, gold eagles. So they, they literally and they don't know when they're going to they don't even have enough resources to make enough gold eagles for the year. Number two, the mining companies were shut down for basically three months. Most of the major mints of the world were shut down for three months. So you have this unbelievable surge. You have no mining, you have no minting of coins, and the US Mint is saying that they're gonna run, they're not gonna be able to keep up with, with coinage. So I, I think there's a lot of things happening right now. Um, and, and we're just at the beginning of the stimulus. There's gonna be another, another stimulus check probably in the next few days here right because congress is going on vacation august 2nd mm-hmm. and they're going to want to they're going to want to get that they're going to want to get that um that stimulus in before they go on their second vacation of the summer or, or maybe it was their third vacation of the summer i don't, I don't remember exactly <laughs> i think they have a vacation every day free health care and insider <laughs> trading I, I call that yeah, a vacation yeah. that's yeah. a staycation yeah. So, yeah, they need so, time off so they can uh, so they can check their portfolios. <laughs> how, exactly. How are they going to have time to spend their money if they're always working? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. anyway, I, yeah, I won't go too far down that road. But but l- listen, I, I I think you're right. I'll tell you where I think a pressure point might be, is because the banks have so ve- heavily vested in precious metals, first gold, and now they're catching up with silver. I think it's really interesting that people would even consider that the new digital currency won't allow any competition. Well, then the banks aren't going to buy in. And if the banks aren't going to buy in, then you don't have an economic system. Right. So so I I do think that that you're exactly right. Um, Let me tell you the worst case scenario, though, is they would tell us we have to surrender our gold and silver for a fee. But I don't think they're going to do that. It's going to be hard. I mean, the people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, our clients, you know, they're uh, they would be tough. It's going to be pretty tough to get the gold and silver from them. I, I think we have a pretty tough uh, crew of people that have been acquiring from us, and and you know, I think that's the beauty behind. You know, you can move a million dollars of gold anywhere in the world. You could put a million dollars of gold in the shoebox. Um, so I, you know, and the shoebox is getting smaller and smaller as the price goes up. So I, I think that you know people are are seeing what's happening and they're they're protecting themselves. You know, and my favorite client of all time since I've been in the business almost 15 years, um, he buy from me every year, and every year I just ask him, you know, what what's and he says, you know, you know when your when your homeowner's insurance every year they say the value of your home has gone up, so your insurance goes up because. He's like, that's how I feel about our money. I know our value of our money is dropping. I know things aren't getting better. So as long as things aren't getting better, I'm going to buy more insurance. And that, and I think it's just a great way to look at gold and, sur- uh, and silver is that you're just buying, you're just buying some insurance. Well, I think you're buying competing currencies too. How will Bitcoin come in? Will it come in as the third leg of this economic system? You know, it's surprising. I, I wouldn't be surprised um, with Bitcoin. Um, I was just reading that, you know, there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever mined. Um, and there is, um, they've already mined 18.6 or 18,600,000 in, in Bitcoin. 
and uh, and so it's you know a lot of it's they're pretty close to mining most of the the Bitcoin that's going to be out there, and um, and it's getting more accepted. You know, Bitcoin is becoming a currency that's more. I mean, every day in the news, you know, I saw today uh, Visa. And some of the other companies are going to be starting to using uh, blockchain in their in their technology. I mean, every major corporation is is starting to um, is starting to move in the direction of using you know cryptocurrency in some form. Um, and then you know Fidelity has been mining cryptocurrency for for you know two three years now. Um, you know they've been investing in that that part of it, so they're obviously they're they're well vested there. So every major corporation is is there, um, and it's just now it's just regular folks that are are starting to see sort of the writing on the wall. And and I think you know people you know, all the articles about Bitcoin about it not being volatile and this and that, and that's a good thing. You know we 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 people that buy this you want some some stability when you own a cryptocurrency and the fact that it's you know hit hit around nine thousand and sort of you know created that new floor um i i think that's a positive for for a lot of people so it'll it'll be interesting to see you know where it goes this year but i think definitely the run-up from four thousand to nine thousand uh, also is is affected by you know what's happening in the world with monetary you know money and policies yeah, let, let's talk to the skittish investor out there for a second who says, sure. well, if they're going to come with digital currency, they're not going to allow any competition. And and let me give my answer, and then let's compare let's compare our responses. If they're going to do that, they're going to guarantee black markets that they can't control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're going to only want... So you're saying they're only going to want one type of digital currency. Yeah, well, well, that's an argument I hear from people about yeah, saying, saying don't compete with a digital currency because you'll lose. And my position is, well, if they cut out gold and silver or Bitcoin, they're guaranteeing black markets outside their system. Well, and, and how could they really shut down Bitcoin at this point? I mean, they it's, can't. it's it's traded all over the world. Um, you, you know, it's accepted. A lot of major corporations accept it. Expedia accepts it. I mean, a lot of places are accepting. Overstock.com accepts Bitcoin. So I, I think it's going to be hard for them to, to sort of shut it down. The other thing um, that I love about Bitcoin is they say um, about almost 30% of the holders of Bitcoin are people that have um, been holding it for more than five years and so you know obviously they've they those people saw it run up to twenty thousand dollars a coin and they didn't sell it um so they're believers that you know we're still at the beginning of this of this technology um and and it's still it's still a new currency i mean it's really relatively new in the grand scheme of things um and it's getting more accepted so i i think we're early with with bitcoin um and, and i think a lot of people that are i think a lot of people will be kicking themselves if they don't do at least do their due diligence on it i'm not saying it's for everybody but I, I do think you would be kicking yourself if you didn't at least give it a look because you know it was at four thousand earlier this year now we're sitting at nine thousand a little bit above so i mean it's even this year alone you know to double your money um i think it's it's people would have been pretty happy with that with that return yeah and you guys know from experience because you do deal in bitcoin don't you yeah oh yeah yeah we've we've been doing it but i will tell you interestingly enough a lot of the people that have bought Bitcoin from me and our company are long-term holders. Uh, similar to, to the biggest investors in Bitcoin in the world, a lot of them, I, I have, have had very little 
selling. Um, even when it broke 10,000 six weeks ago, I had, I mean, I would say maybe two or 3% of our clients sold, which I think is fascinating because some people bought it at, earlier this year at, you know, 3,800 and it hit 10,000 and they didn't even sell it. So, um, you know, obviously they, they believe in it for the long term. You know, it's not like I've got a wheelbarrow full of cash I can invest, but let me just speak from my experience because I think I represent a lot of Americans here in the former middle class. Um, I know that my bank's going to go belly up someday with regard to the value of the dollar. I know that for a fact. I also know that there's a pecking order that the, um, oh gosh, I can't. I just lost a thought, but Melbourne, uh, the G20, the G20 nations established a pecking order for bank reimbursements. And I know the FDIC can't cover what's in the banks. Mm-hmm. So well, they have 1.2% cash on hand. So uh, knowing all that, I know that if my bank fails, I'm never going to see a dime of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'm thinking, keep operating cash in the bank, uh, maybe two or three months, and then start to diversify gold, silver, Bitcoin, so forth. Is, is that a model that is popular today? Or are you behind that model? Or tell me where you sit with this. I, I mean, I don't know a lot of people that are keeping a lot of cash in the bank. I mean, I think that, you know, it seems like to be comfortable with, with any banking institution seems, seems to be tough. I mean, obviously, I think it's important to anytime you're investing and you put money in Bitcoin, or you put money in gold, you know, the best case scenario is you want to hold it three, four, five years or longer. Um, but the good thing is on any of those, they are always liquid. So it, it, you don't have to worry, unlike when you buy a piece of real estate or, you know, an annuity or other investments that are out there, you know, those things are stuck for a while. Gold is liquid, silver is liquid, Bitcoin is liquid. So I think, you know, it's important to, to, to have some, some cash available in the event that you need it. But I also think a lot of people right now are just saying, you know what, I, I want to be protected against this this heavy inflation we're going to see. And so gold, you know, gold makes sense, even, you know, at the price it is today. And obviously, um, you know, broke gold broke its all time high this morning hit at 1906 was the all time high from September of 2011 and it hit 1907 today. Um, so obviously we're, we're starting to see a lot of movement. You know, people are saying, oh, well, the, well, the price is high. But it's really not high when you look at the value of the dollar. And and I think that's that's the thing that people need to remember is, you know, you look at what you could pay for, you know, even five years ago with money and look at today, you know, everything that you're buying, all food, all, you know, day-to-day costs have gone up, you know, 40, 50 percent, uh, if not more. But gold is still, you know, relative to where it's been. Um, is still, in my opinion, still a, a good bargain, uh, and, and I think that you know, with Bank of America saying that it can hit 3,000 in the next, you know, 16, 17 months, um, you know, they wouldn't have come out with that unless they they believe that there's some validity behind it. Yeah, that that is that is absolutely amazing. Um, what do your tea leaves tell you about the possibility of bail-ins? Hello. Yeah, did we? Oh, okay, okay. We just had a cut out there. That was interesting. L- yeah. Let, let me let me try that again. I was talking to myself. What do um, your tea leaves tell you about the possibility of bail-ins? Uh, bailing in corporations. Well, okay. So you got your money in the bank, and the bank, you know, because they own your money once you put it in there, right. and and so they decide they're going to take a good portion of your money, maybe fifty percent, to cover their debt ratio when the hyperinflation starts. 
Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, do, do you have do you have a feeling about if this is really going to transpire? You know, I it's it's hard to it's hard to see those those kind of scenarios happen. I mean, I, I guess anything is is on the table. I mean, I mean nobody thought you know in 2008 when we you know bailed all the banks out in, in that large fashion. I don't think people were anticipating that. And so I, I think it really just comes down to what what is really needed at, at that point in society. I mean, the the problem with what's happening right now, the fact that we've had a lot of these false starts. Is that businesses can't they can't predict what to do they can't they can't do their normal planning on okay I'm gonna hire this many people we're gonna bring out this product we're gonna do X Y and Z so all the normal planning of a corporation is sort of thrown out the window and that so that that brings a lot of problems just in terms of of day-to-day living for for corporations and business owners and really you know that's that's a big thing for this country i mean the country it's a we're a capitalist country and job creation is so important in this in this country so you know whether whether they're going to have a, a bail-in scenario with your funds in the bank I, I think more importantly is the the big question for me always and i always think this is the biggest biggest driver of the economy is that when are people when are corporations going to feel comfortable to get out and start hiring again mm-hmm. in droves you know when is that going to happen that because that's that's when this thing can change. That's when this the economy can get better. Is when 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 you know companies can go ahead and feel comfortable and you know putting that money towards the workforce. And I just don't know when that that's going to happen. I don't think we're anywhere near that happening. You know, definitely not this year. And and hopefully that would happen. You know, maybe first or second quarter next year. But I, I just I don't see it happening right now. Um, most most companies I know are are very gun shy. I have a number of colleagues, and I'm in a number of groups of people, business owners. And they're they're all sort of very you know gun shy in terms of you know hiring new people. Uh, luckily with Noble Gold, obviously obviously with the surge, we have increased our staff um, by almost 30% since COVID started. And um, you know just to to keep up with the demand, we've we've grown our hours. You know we're open from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. We're open Saturdays now. So we're we're in a very you know blessed position that we're growing and you know the business is growing we're hiring but I think for the most part most people are being very very conservative right now. Well, they have to be, and as long as you have uh, the governor you have in California and I have the governor I do in Arizona, who can blame these business owners for mm-hmm. being skittish? Right. I mean, right. Walmart's necessary, but no other business is. I mean, that that just is that that just promotes instability just on its face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I, I was I was reading something interesting about like borrowing and debt. And I was reading about how, you know, a student can go out and they could take, you know, they could get one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollars in student loans. But that same student, if they had a business plan and they went to 95 percent of the banks in the country, they could not get a loan for twenty thousand dollars for a business. And it, it's such an interesting world we're living in today that um, that we're not encouraging people because right now the mo- the best thing anybody could do is 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 find a business that that they could thrive in and and something that's thinking in the future of where things are going. That would be the best thing that we could do. But getting a loan as a new business owner. I mean, I even remember when I started Noble Gold, it was impossible. We 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 literally had to scrap together money from everywhere because nobody was willing to give us any money. And um, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame the way we've sort of set up our system that we're not encouraging, you know, that entrepreneur spirit. They want you to be in business, you know, most of the time. You know, even my bank that I've been with for a long time, 
I've been with them for years and had a great relationship. They said, call us after you've been in business two years. I'm like, well, after I've been in business two years, I'm not going to need you to call. (laughs) I need the money right now. So, you know, it's sort of an interesting. um, The sheer stupidity of that statement just amazes me. Yeah. I mean, it was true. It's it's ridiculous. They even say that to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not that's not uncommon. I mean, that's that's pretty. That's a very common sentiment with with a lot of the the major banks. Um, you know, they they just they see you know certain risks being you know better than other certain risks. I mean, and I think that obviously, listen, anything can happen with any business, and the, you know the risk is a little bit higher. But uh, you know, is it is it better to to put a kid in 150 or 200 thousand dollars in debt when they're 23 years old, or you know that same kid to give him 20 or 30 thousand to to start a business and and you know put their blood, sweat, and tears in? Um, you know, I think if we shifted our mindset, I think we could we could come out of this a lot better. That's a really good comment. Shifting your mindset, and this is what people are going to be forced to do. You know, and as a former mental health therapist, I can tell you cognitive dissonance has set in. People think these old rules of money are going to continue to apply, and they are not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, reality, this may be a bad thing to say, Colin, so correct me if you disagree. I think the economy's already failed. we're, We're just seeing the unwinding of the death, and I think we're way past the point of no return. Now, nature hates a vacuum. Something's going to take its place, and I think this is what we're talking about today. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I can't, I can't disagree with it. I, but I, I do think, until the stimulus ends, we really haven't seen, we really haven't seen it happen. I think that's the key. Is like you have to really see the stimulus stop to some extent before things really kind of turn around. So we'll see, though. It, it, it's an interesting, you know, we're in an interesting time. You know, you have the election three months away. We have Christmas, which is not going to be, it's not going to be a happy Christmas for retailers or for people in general. Um, you know, you know this, there's a lot of companies that live on Christmas. They live they live on that time of sure. year. And I doubt people are, are going to be really, you know, looking to, to go out and spend a lot of money this year. So, you know, this year, from whatever you know, when I talk to people, it's sort of a wash in a lot of ways. But I think the most important thing is is hopefully people have had some time to focus on what's important. Uh, you know, obviously their families, but also focus on their financial future. And, and hopefully they've had some time to sort of look at you know where they are and what they want. And you know, having a little bit extra time now is maybe giving them some some insight into into the future of what they want to do. And um, you know, if if gold and silver's in that horizon, then we're here you know to help people there and get them educated. So I have um, two more questions for you. Yeah. What what does war typically do to the value of precious metals? Uh, very uh, war is excellent for 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 metals. I think any type of any type of skirmish. When we had the uh, Iran uh, skirmish, um, was that early this year or last year? <laughs> My last memory. year. Yeah, last, last year. year. Uh, gold shot up. Uh, I think it went up that day. It went up, you know, sixty, seventy dollars. Silver was up. So typically. Um, you know, because people want to go into stable assets during those times, so it's it typically does very well. Okay, and there's there's the well-reported gap now between silver and gold, mm-hmm. and we barely touched on that. And, and I'd like to expand on that a little bit and talk about 
what makes silver so attractive based on this gap? Can you give us some background on where we're at? Yeah, so we were, before March, we were at like 118 or 120 to 1. I think we're at like 89 or 90 to 1 ratio. So, you know, typically the number, you know, everybody talks about, you know, silver to gold ratio being 16 or 18 to 1. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think we're going to get back to that point anytime soon. Those, those numbers were, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, I, but I do think it's realistic to get anywhere in the, you know, 50 to 60 range in, in terms of, of gold to silver ratio, which would be a pretty big gain from, from where it is today. Um, you know, obviously that ratio is skewed depending if, if both metals are running, then, then that ratio is going to, is, is not going to move that much. Right. Um, sure. and, and obviously gold, you know, started to, it was, it, the ratio was a little bit different, but gold is the last few days is starting to move up a little bit. Um, and, and so I, I think the key is, is that silver is probably going to outpace gold. I would say even from, t- even though it's already outpaced gold from the beginning of the year till now, I even think even more so. Um, you're going to see that outpace gold for the rest of the year, um, just just because of all the all the industrial demand that, that we're seeing, and and it really makes sense. I mean, the more we go to electric in everything, um, the less the cost is. Um, so it's a um, you know something that we definitely need to uh, continue to think about. I think you're absolutely right. Well, I know Noble Gold and your customers. Um, of which I'm now one, have uh, convinced me in the past, this is really the place to do business because you keep your money in the bank, you're going to end up like my mom's side of the family that lost everything in the Depression, and they lost a significant amount. So if you don't want to end up like that and starting over, going from riches to rags, um, you help people. And I know because I'm a client, and I'm ready to be a client now for a second time. So tell the audience um, why they should consider following in my footsteps. What can you do for them? Well, I, I think, you know, if you want to get some gold and silver at home, we, we obviously do that. Um, we've done that for you, and, and uh, you know, that's something that people love, so they want to get it in their hands. And, and, you know, I love that, too. I love when people get it. Or you might have uh, some some IRAs or some 401Ks that you might want to move into gold and silver. And, you know, really, IRAs were – it's such a big part of our business and we sort of uh, that was one of the places that people started to know us was because we have the team that helps with the paperwork i think that's a big part of that customer service aspect because you know it's not as you know and we've talked about this a lot it's hard to move money nowadays with custodians because what incentive do they have to move your money so you know you really need a, a team and you know we've put together a very smart team I typically hire from custodians that know the inroads of how to move the money and I know the the back channels the people to call and you know we have a team you know working on two shifts that are just literally um, you know night and day just getting out there and, and faxing and emailing and and trying to help people move their money over. So I, I think it's, you know, really just depends on what people are looking for. But the first step probably I would say for anyone is just to call us and, and talk to one of our representatives and, and, and learn about, you know, what we do, what we offer and, you know, get educated about, about the process. Yeah. I can tell you what my wife said, cause um, she's the one that uh, closed our first deal. And uh, she said, nope. She said, it's almost like she had to apply pressure. There's no pressure whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, she said every question got answered thoroughly and completely. And then there were follow-up questions to make sure that you didn't miss anything. 
mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. that she said, and my wife's very, very detail-oriented. She used to manage a $60 million budget in corporate America. So she said it was really one of the best experiences she's had professionally. Good. Um, so, yeah, that's then I, I, wanted, that. I wanted to give a shout-out. And, yeah. and, and see, this is what I want the audience to know. You know, Colin doesn't just come on here and give us really good economic feedback like he does every month here. He's one of the good guys. His company, as I've discovered from both ends of this, as an advertiser and as a customer, it really hits uh, the best in customer service. And, and I mean that sincerely. But I wanted to just cover just one little thing because you brought up something I forgot to mention. The uh, gold-backed IRA. And let me speak from typical ignorance that someone might say because they don't have the information. I'm with an employer. They're going broke. Am I going to lose my IRA? Or if my bank goes under, will I lose my IRA? And should I, why should I change to a gold-backed IRA? Could you answer that question before we close? Well, I think it comes down to anytime you leave an employer, whether you put it in gold or silver is up to you. But I think you always want to move it into an IRA because – you become the boss of your money. That's the most important thing. Anytime you, you know, when you look at the fees with these 401ks and you look at the amount of money that's being taken out on a, on a monthly basis and all the hidden trade fees, to be able to move it into a self-directed IRA, and let's just say you're not even interested in gold and silver, but you want to buy Tesla stock or, or anything, you can do that in, a, in an IRA. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that people are are learning about. Um, you know, we can help them get into gold and silver, but I think ultimately just moving into a self-directed IRA is, is really a smart smart thing to do. Um, I agree. And because um, then you're in control, you know, of your of your finances. And you know, I was talking to somebody about this recently that I had a client many years ago that moved. He had an IRA and he had bought a winery in his IRA. And I, I thought that was so fascinating. Now I wouldn't do that because you know I'd probably shrink my profits away. But but I think that you know it, it does what it sheds is to light is that there's a lot of things in an IRA that um, that people aren't aware that you can buy. And I think knowing about these alternative options is really important. And you know that's something that Noble Gold really prides itself on is re- really giving people the education on on some of these alternative investments. I, I, saying gold and silver is alternative investment is sort of silly at this point, in my opinion. But that's what people, you know. That's I know, I know, I, I hear it too. But you know, nothing like getting a little dose of reality to change your paradigm, and that's about ready to come for a lot of people, I'm afraid. And yeah, we keep telling them what we think is happening here, and people just keep putting all their money in the bank, and it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Colin, how do people get a hold of Noble Gold? 877-646-5347. Um, we're, we are open Saturdays now, and we're open from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. So hopefully that works in everybody's schedule, and then we're uh, you know here to, here to help and, and give people a lot of uh, education on what we do. Okay, well... I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and uh, so accurate with your past advice. And I would encourage everyone, if you've got assets to protect, it's not what you make that matters, it's what you keep. And I would recommend that you do what I did. Give Noble Gold a call because you need to diversify and you need to be out of as much of the cash as you can. Colin, this is really excellent stuff. Uh, And and i got to tell you, from the research I do, I know you are right on the money with what you're telling people here and uh, that's refreshing to hear. I appreciate it very much, and I look forward to having you on again. 
Thanks, Dave. Thanks and, so oh, much. by the Have way, we day. look forward to getting a call from from the rep so we can complete our deal. <laughs> so. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we'll take care of that too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Soon. We'll all take right. care, Thanks, Colin. Dave. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's been Colin Plume, ladies.